Oh my gosh. Um, so <laughs> full disclosure, mm-hmm. uh, I was pouring um, Kirkland brand vodka into um, a, sel- a spike seltzer. And I think I poured too much. You in. poured enough. For, you probably poured a third of the vodka bottle. <laughs> okay, that's cute. It wouldn't fit. That, that that's what make she sense. said. <laughs> but guess what? I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And I'm going to try not to hiccup like a cartoon character in the 80s. Hiccup? Yeah. You know, when they would get drunk, they would have those And this is He Said, He Said, the <laughs> podcast that sometimes even I go, hmm, okay. <laughs> we are back with another episode. The we sun are. is out here in Seattle. The sky is blue. The sky is blue and not gray. And not orange or red or gray or whatever color we saw. Um, the uh, smoke has lifted. Our thoughts and prayers are for everyone still impacted by that. Yes. Because um, these fires are no joke this year. Very scary. Um, but... We are He Said, He Said, the podcast here again in your ears. We want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to us on all forms of social media. He Said, He Said, pod. We are on all streaming services that you love, like Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, all those fun places. You can find us at He Said, He Said, pod. Stream us, like us, comment, DM us. And if you want to engage with us, please find our Facebook group, we said sound off where you and all our fun listeners can engage in the foolishness throughout the week. And sometimes we actually lift stories from those group, that group, and we shout you out. So yes, yes. join us in the foolishness. Yeah. And I did just um, in case anyone's worried, I did swap out my uh, spike seltzer. I had to the one yeah, that I poured the vodka I into. Worried. Yeah, I, I had to I had to push that one to the side. Mm. All right. Mm. So um, honorable mention at the beginning of the show instead of the end of the show this week um, to Barsu, which, um, you know, if you're here in Seattle, Barsu um, is a pretty popular place. Um, we actually partnered with them. To have events, we were doing bingo there, um, but they actually trivia. Have cl- we also yeah, did some our trivia. First, we celebrated our one year anniversary there. We did, and unfortunately, they have closed. Um, the thing that I want to remind everyone right now is that we are in a time where supporting your local businesses is really important. As we go into fall, winter, please get takeout. Support local businesses yes, if you can, very true, because very true. we do not want to lose some amazing places. Yeah, um, but yeah, so R.I.P. to Barsu, they were actually really good to us, um, and you know maybe they'll be able to reopen as something different or somewhere else. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. keep everyone posted. But with that, I guess we'll move into love it or shade it. How about and, you go first this week? I want to hear. What um, yours is. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, I was going, but I, there were a couple of things I didn't really know what I wanted to choose. Um, so, I mean, both of them were things that we're going to actually talk about later. Of course. So, I think that I'm going to do a shade it. And my shade it actually is to um, hypocrisy um, in politics. Mm. And, I mean, hypocrisy in politics is not really new because um, hypocrisy is just one of those things that is really in within human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but and not just politics. And, and Right. Exactly. Just like human nature in general. Um, but with the passing of um, the notorious RBG, no, no, Ruth, no, notorious. Bader Ginsburg, um, you know, and this whole um, idea of um, filling her vacancy um, with an, a new justice that would be, um, you know, obviously conservative and right wing mm-hmm. because of the president and because of Mitch McConnell, um, you know, Mitch did hold up. A nomination, well, not a nomination, but um, didn't hold any hearings 
for Obama's nominee, nominee and um, the and last year of Obama's office, February, and it was nine yeah. months before the election. Yeah. And here we are. I think we're like fifty something days, 50. which 50. is crazy um, from this election. And they're wanting to jam someone through. So I mean, it's just the rank hypocrisy. You literally, Lindsey Graham is like on video saying, "You can quote me that if a vacancy comes open, I would not support it, just like I'm not supporting." I just want to say filling. Um, it was Merrick Garland was the yes. person that that Obama had chosen. So I just I they don't give a shit. They really no. it's really disgusting. It it really it infuriates me because I at least can say that in the past with politics, you never wanted to be seen as being a hypocrite in that if you were on film saying something, you would stick to it because if you didn't, your constituents would hold you accountable for it. And I just think mm-hmm. that we are not, we're no longer in that era anymore. And that is actually really, really fucking scary. It is, it is, it is. It is. Yeah. I have a love it. So if you know, if you follow me on my Instagram at underscore J said underscore, you may realize that I have an infatuation with weekly flowers. So every mm, week true. I actually, um, when I go to the grocery store, I go to um, the flower section. And I, I initially I was buying pre-made bouquet, bouquets, but then I started designing my own, if you will. So mix and matching. And I want to say that it definitely has been something that has um, brought me joy. Um, so much so, so that we actually graduated to some plants in addition to the flowers. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, we already had plants, but we yes, did we have some new addition, plants. new yes. additions to the family. That's yes, very true. Um, I want bigger to plants, take, yeah, like real bigger plants. and bigger. So, <laughs> I actually first got an orchid, which those of you that know orchids are the hardest to take care of. So, I was like, I want to test my green thumb. Got an orchid; it's still alive. Been a week. We're winning. Well, I mean, I hope that it's still on. No, it's bitchin'. Can you kill it in a week? Yeah, you can kill lots of things. <laughs> in we a also week? got two big plants from a local um, plant store here. So we are looking forward to growing our family. So it's a love it because I am just here for the purified air in our place. Mm-mm. Because plants do such and flowers will continue. So be sure to... You know, find things that bring you joy and do them as we go into the colder months because we will not have these blue skies. We will not have the sun. We will not have open the window weather. So enjoy things that make you happy. Oh, I like that for sure. And definitely, um, especially right now during these times that are tough for a lot of people. Um, I think that's really important and something that people should definitely aspire to, you know, do those things that you love. So with that, we will move on to Unfiltered and Unbothered. I am starting this week, and the top line story is definitely, um, as I alluded to earlier, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, She uh, was really, in my opinion, the most um, recognized or, you know, like with name recognition and most popular um, of any of the Supreme Court justices, um, I think a lot of people would probably struggle to name maybe two or three more other than her. Um, and again, I think that if you ask the average person, they probably would have known her name even before she passed. Of course. Um, but she did uh, pass um, uh, at, at 80, the age of 87. Um, she um, is said to have passed in her ho- at her home in Washington, D.C., um, surrounded by family. This is according to the court. They released a statement. Um, and uh, just days before her death, um, it is being reported that she dictated a statement to her granddaughter, mm-hmm. Clara Spera, 
She said, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who doesn't know, um, RBG was ill, you know, off and on for decades. At least the I last think. couple years. Yeah, but I think I think her first cancer diagnosis was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, like she she was um, she went to remission. She had like three different types of cancer was over it her like lifetime. Colon, lungs, colon, lung. I don't remember something else. And you know, it it's it's really a testament just to the woman that she was, the the strong, phenomenal woman that she was. Um, that she held on because she had been sick in recent years and it seemed pretty obvious that, mm-hmm. you know, she did not want to leave the high court just knowing that, um, what you know, it would, what it would give. It, right. Because, you know, essentially there was um, a tie as far as the number of conservative judges um, and then. Um, you know, the number of, you know, what we consider to be more liberal judges. Because isn't it justices, I should say. Right now it's five to three. Yeah, so... Um, Without her. So the other justice... So uh, to run down, we have Chief, Chief Justice John Roberts. Um, we have Clarence Thomas. Fucking piece of shit that he is. Oh, my. Um, we have Neil Gorsuch. And, of course, we have Brett Kavanaugh. So Gorsuch and Kavanaugh were both actually nominated and confirmed during Trump's um, tenure. Um, so all four of them um, would be the... Um, conservative justices. Mm-hmm. And then we have Stephen Breyer, Sam Alito, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan, who would mm-hmm. be considered to be liberal. Now, John Roberts in recent months has actually um, emerged as somewhat of a swing vote because he has mm-hmm. actually sided with the liberals on mm-hmm. a few different rulings that have happened, but they weren't like landmark, like, okay, we're striking something down rulings. A lot of it was, Oh, well you didn't meet the standard, you know, president yeah. Trump and whoever. So go back and, you know, come back with a better argument. It was that type of thing, but still it's notable just because John Roberts all of a sudden has kind of um, emerged as a swing vote, which is mm-hmm. actually pretty important. But the thing that people need to realize now is that now that we have a four to four, what would happen if there's ever a tie is that the lower court's ruling would stand. Mm. So I just I have a couple things. OK, aren't you supposed to be nonpartisan if you're on the Supreme Court? No. But isn't that the ambition of a court is for it to then for it, the Supreme it, Court it, to there be have been There have been times where that but has been. But isn't that the wasn't that the ambition of the court? I that there have been times when that's been the case, but it's cyclical. So sometimes the court has been kind of apolitical, but in recent like, years, it's been be, more political. But than shouldn't, ever. shouldn't the ambition of the Supreme Court be that you are not politically affiliated? It should with, be so because because you you're a judge. Land. Yeah, you're, like it's like going to a, right. like you're a judge. Like right. you should be. And then the fact that RBG's passed away and they're rushing to fill to me feels like an insecurity, an insecurity of not of really being worried about how November is going to go for them. So them being the Republican Party. So Mitch is like, we got to get in where we fit in so I can leave my mark for the decades, because if we lose the House majority or we lose the um, the, the White House, at least my legacy will be in 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 the government for decades. Well, I mean, it's already, he's already achieved that because of all but of this the conservative judges though. Think about this, that think they've about installed it. like nationwide. That's been like the crowning achievement of Mitch McConnell for sure. And then also I think will you know, in the coming years and decades will be Trump's crowning achievement as well. 
um, you know, cause that tax cut, like who gives a fuck? Um, you know what I mean? It, that didn't turn out the way that it should have for regular people. But I think that, um, there's a few things in my opinion too. The one is just the insensitivity of it, mm-hmm. where it's she like the woman's not Friday. even cold. She's not even cold. And understand that she's Jewish. So the Jewish tradition is that you are buried pretty quickly after your death. And Trump has already said that he's going to announce his nominee, um, next week. Yeah. I mean, no, she'll probably be, um, buried this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I also want to say that if you can rush someone to be appointed to the Supreme Court in less than 50 days, you can also rush bills to support the millions of Americans that are suffering <laughs> Preach about because it. of COVID-19. Preach about the it. The millions of people that are on unemployment, the millions of people that have lost their jobs, lost their homes, and on, on the break of losing their homes, if not already, going into fall months, not knowing how they're going to put food on their table. And yes. you can rush someone to be appointed, but you cannot worry about anyone that is suffering. They Meaning, don't care. But like, there's been so much. Like the the Democrats put another bill shortly at. Like I think it was earlier on, early on in the it was coronavirus, in where Mitch is out and he's in these streets looking like a whole ass turkey and out here waiting for everybody else to, to suffer so he can live and, and, and no, I, it, But it's even worse than that. It, there's, People are dying. There's a level of cynicism in this that is really concerning to me, um, you know, that sometimes can come from both sides, but that mainly comes from the Republican side. And to your point, so they when the um, Democrats put forth their new package in May, it was dead on arrival in the Senate, just like everything mm-hmm. else that that has come through the Senate that hasn't had to do with judges. And then they waited until I believe it was August to actually yes. take it up. And then we're like, oh, well, first they were having troubles because they couldn't agree on what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then they came back with like a, I want to say, 700 50 billion dollar package mm-hmm. that they and and it really the cynicism of it is that they said well they you know their thinking and reasoning behind that was well we'll just you know throw them this bone and then we'll be Not able to bone. say that we tried to do something at the last minute and then the democrats said no and it's like no we are paying attention like we see that this well, is not bullshit. everyone is but. not everyone is but most of the media outlets will say you know yeah they're they're trying to do this 700 billion dollar deal and but the, but they're so far from where the democrats are that that's really what the big problem is and it will be interesting to see what happens i hope people get out and vote because we need to to win back the senate the democrats need to win the senate um, and even if they are able to somehow do this fuckery with the, the Supreme Court, um, it would be amazing to have the House, the Senate and the White House and Biden would be able to get a lot done. I if, hope so. If child, that actually I, I happens. I don't have time for this. And he'll be able to get a lot done. RBG. For and, sure. Did you know, I didn't love. realize that she did that quote, the whole, um, so what she said was I, um, and I think it was in the, cause we didn't watch the documentary Notor- Notorious um, mm-hmm. RBG. We should watch that. Um, but she says, I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. Mm. And I think that that is a pretty, um, you know, powerful quote of hers. Um, so, no, rest in power to her um, indeed. And um, please, folks, pay attention to what's going on. Please. Obamacare could be repealed. Your ovaries Roe versus Wade could be repealed. Your ovaries in these streets are on the line. Same-sex marriage rights, trans rights. I mean, there's so many different constituencies and groups that have skin in the game here. 
Um, I mean, I, I just, I, I feel like every day we're tipping closer and closer to the handmaid's tale really coming true. No, ma'am. But yeah. All right. So moving on to something that is, um, a, a little lighter. Well, thank um, you. hopefully, you know, those of you who are interested got to, um, bask in the glow of the auntie versus is what I'm calling Listen, it. Okay. Miss Patty LaBelle. And Miss Gladys Knight, they graced our computer screens, our Instagram streets, our Apple TV, and, and um, our spirits. Apple Music streets. And yes, they definitely brighten my spirit. The I fact that the first three minutes of the, of the verses with them sitting there it talking, was kiki, a before, kiki. They, before they realized they were being on recorded. It was the kiki session we didn't even know we needed, or at least I didn't know that I needed. Um, and you know, I have to say that when I first heard that they were doing a versus, I was kind of like that demographic, that feels like an interesting demographic. And then I started thinking about it. The more I thought about it, it was like, but I'm a Patti LaBelle fan. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? We, so. put, we put it on in the car, bitch. And you would have thought, <laughs> I mean, I was Patty. Okay. You, you were. Um, so Again, it was amazing. It was a celebration. It did not feel like a battle. I loved the banter and, and you mm-hmm. know, the because they're actually friends, which mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It makes sense. But, I mean, I didn't know that they were actually friends. Um, I was just waiting for them, like, honey, make, baby, make make sure you make a plate. <laughs> the foil was over there in the drawer. Wait, so wait. Like, can we please just set the stage? So, there, you know, they had it at, I think, a venue. The Fillmore in Philly. Oh, oh, in Philly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So they had it at a music venue in Philly. And, and, and um, it was Gladys like on the Knight, stage. Miss Gladys Knight drove on her bus. Yes. She said she didn't want to go did from Vegas, mm-hmm. which I guess is where she, she lives. lives. Um, and then they had these two chairs set up. But then next to Patty's chair, there was probably about $50,000 worth of Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. luggage. And then she had her pumps, which pumps is a word that she used to describe her high heel mm-hmm. shoes. Mm-hmm. And she had her pumps there on the stage, which I was very confused by that at first. And as they're talking and, and, and you know, reminiscing, because a lot of it was reminiscing yes. about, you know, people in the industry that they've worked with and the times that they've had together and mm-hmm. their kids. I mean, again, it was just really fucking um, for you know lack of a more... Um, urban term it was very delightful mm-hmm. um <laughs> but i it, it was so funny because i'm like why are those shoes there and then patty at some point she's like yeah you know this is the closest i've come to doing a show because of covid mm-hmm. in months and she's like this is what i do at my shows like i have my drag i have my things you know mm-hmm. i have my pumps mm-hmm. and then she was like so i have them here and then did she change shoes at some point i know she, she kicked, kicked her, her shoes, shoes off, off and, and she, she put a different pair, pair on, on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Miss Patty, listen, I was here for it. They came in their Sunday's best. They really did. Um, and it was on it wasn't on a it wasn't on a Sunday. It was on yeah, a Sunday. It was on a Sunday. They came in their Sunday's Gladys best. Gladys was wearing a sequins, girl. Mm-hmm. Listen, purple, the, purple the sequins. Hair, the hair was laid, bitch. Yes. The skin was glistening. Yes, Patty was lit. Patty was I mean, at first she wasn't, but then she just started drinking and I don't know if Gladys was drinking. I don't think Gladys was. Gladys, Maybe Gladys strikes doesn't me drink. as I only drink water and yes. Patty is like I drink anything to fluid. Yes. I wonder if she was drinking champagne or if it was Ciroc as their partner. Right? No, it was champagne. Is it Ciroc or? Yeah. <laughs> she, might had, she might have had champagne drink. I don't know. But Miss Patty I don't was either. Lit. She was I lit. was here for the it. The longer it went, the litter she got. When she got up and she started dancing. <laughs> and then somebody on Twitter said um, that Mary J. Blige can fly because of <laughs> Mary J. Blige. No, they said that Patty LaBelle is the original Mary J. Blige. I got 
I, I, it's funny that you say that. I got Mary vibes. When she was doing the dance. I got Mary vibes from the dance. Some of the things that she was saying, I was like, I get Mary from this. I was like, yes, I can. And Mary, <laughs> it's true because, you know, Mary be having her dances, too. And Miss Patty has her little bird rum reenactment. It is everything. Does. I was here for it. And, you know, for me, I feel like the genre of music, I, I, I would agree, right? At first, I was like, how is this going to, like, being this being right after Brandy and Monica, mm-hmm. like, how was this going to translate into Such a, is it a whole other generation. It is a complete, and I was, yeah. and then the, obviously that turned into a bunch of memes saying, mm-hmm. like, me helping my grandma turn on Apple TV. <laughs> it was just like, it, it and at first I was like, it's going to, it's not going to do what it, what, it's not going to do what the other verses did because mm-hmm. of just their demographic. I wonder too about what the numbers. But they would be did like. it. Yeah, they yeah. Did well, it. was it four million? But people? just sticking on this, on what you're saying here, um, I think what it's a testament to is um, the multi generational aspect of classic music. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though like we don't consider, we wouldn't consider Patty and Glass to be like our generation. Yeah, we're still familiar with the music attachment because of. Like it reminds you of your auntie, or reminds yeah. you of your grandma, or reminds yeah. you of your, your or, or, sister, or 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 in my case, like I actually remember, like I'm a huge Patti LaBelle fan because Patti LaBelle actually had a lot of R and B hits, like top mm-hmm. ten R and B hits in the early '90s that I associate with like being like ten, eleven, twelve years old. So mm-hmm. it's like I remember those songs. So it's like even though again. You know, I would think of her more as being an era of like my mom or like even maybe even my grandmother. Like I still connect with the music. And again, I think it's a testament to just how classic it is. But yes, getting on to you alluded to the numbers um, because we always like to share those 4.1 million on demand streams. So this is more of like, you know, people streaming the music afterwards, which um, between the two of them, it was a best week for either of them or best mm. like three days. Like they do three or four days after the yeah. the event um, and breaking it down. Um, it was one point nine million for Gladys and two point two million for Patty. Um, and then the normal versus stats that always come out afterwards, there were six hundred and twelve thousand concurrent viewers, which is a lot. I mm-hmm. feel like considering that, you know, this is kind of an older demographic. Two points on IG. That's only on IG. Yeah. 612,000 concurrent IG viewers, 2.5 million total viewers, yeah. 28 million stream in stream likes for mm, for for it. How many are from Apple Music? So, TV? Apple Music 1.2 million total viewers. Wow. It was the second highest tweeted battle. So, that wow. must be behind Brandy and Monica. Wow. Um, and it had over three billion plus um, impressions. I'm really intrigued to see how they continue this this momentum. And I am too. Like, and I feel like the women do better. I agree. And I, but I'm also wondering who's next. I think with I think with the journey of versus. I if everyone remembers where this all started and where it became kind of pop like culture like gold mm-hmm. is with Babyface and Teddy Riley. Like that's <laughs> that one when was epic. everyone was like, wait, what <laughs> this, what is going on? This is legendary. The comments were better than the actual streaming. <laughs> they had to reschedule. And like everything became, was better than Teddy Riley's, just, um, the echo, Wi-Fi. Which it was, <laughs> and like, to me, I feel like this is, this will be, this will go down at least in my opinion as one of the, um, best things that gave, that 2020 gave us oh for sure and, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with it after yes like and i think COVID. That, i mean i think we're already seeing what they're gonna do with it just because they were just doing it on ig live on the actual hosts of the people that were on it was on their lives and they would join together and then 
that now they're all on versus TV. Yeah, so it's it, a whole platform. There. So now it's a platform, yeah. media platform. It's on Apple TV. I I even said like there's so many ideas they can do with this that I really hope that once we get into whatever the new normal looks like, they can evolve this to um, be something great, even though it already is great. Yeah, it'll be interesting just because I know a lot of people, for whatever reason, were dropping Missy's name, and then some people were saying Missy and Janet should do it. Then Swizz kind of stepped in, like put his foot in his mouth a little bit, where he was just kind of like, what people were saying was that, including Missy herself, they were saying that Janet has more hits, Mm-hmm. Um, and then even Missy came out and said, well, uh, yeah, because Janet was already famous when I was like yeah, a little kid I before two. I even like started doing music. And then Swiss came out and said, no, no, no. But I think what Swiss meant was that he didn't feel like Janet was so far above Missy that they couldn't do mm-hmm. a battle. Um, and I think that got misconstrued a little bit, but it'll be interesting to see who who got next. And we will. I let mean, you I'm, know. I'm right. I have thoughts, but you yes. know, slide yeah. my DMs well, and we'll I'll see. tell you, we'll girl. See. So moving on um, to, I mean, we're we're gonna take you on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster this week. Um, so Why? we started down at, in the, in the gully, and then we went with, up. Now um, we're RBG. Going, now we're going down. <laughs> yes. Then we went up, and now we'll be down again. So Cardi B has filed for divorce. I don't from know if this Offset. is down or if this is just around. I think it's down. Like I mean, whenever when I hear somebody getting a divorce, I don't feel good about it. I mean, I feel good about this one. Okay. Um. So again, it was announced this week that Cardi B has filed for divorce from Offset. So she is the one who initiated this. I feel like most of the times it usually is the woman who is the one who files mm-hmm. the divorce. Um, but um, this immediately sent the internet into a frenzy. Obviously, people assumed, uh, you know, automatically that, oh, what did Offset do? He's they a said, cheater. They said he cheated. Then, then I read that they said he had, he a, baby, had a baby was she another one of the rumors. Yes. that All these things swirling around. Well, Cardi herself has taken to Instagram to set the record straight. Come on. And if there's one anything in that I that I know and I believe about Miss Cardi B, okay, Bell Bell Cardis or whatever her name is, or her Bacardi. real her government. <laughs> her name is Bacardi. I thought it was Bell Cardis. Bacardi. Okay, well, you and know I what I know her about daughter, her. Her sister name is Hennessy. But do you? <laughs> But do you know what I know about her? Tequila. I'm sure she has. A she keeps it tequila. real. She keeps it. It can be. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if he had cheated or if he had a baby, we would already knew about it because she would have told yeah, us. She would have. So, um, again, she took to IG and she's quite a few different quotes. I'll pa- you know give you a, a little bit. She says, "The reason for my divorce is not from none of that shit. Oh, not from, from ever before. Shit. It's not from cheating. I got tired of fucking arguing." I got tired of not seeing things eye to eye. When you feel like things aren't the same anymore before you actually get cheated on, I'd rather Mm. just leave. She then goes on to say, nothing crazy out of this world happens. Sometimes people really do grow apart. I've been with this man for four years. I have kids. I have a kid with this man. I have a household with this man. Um, She says, sometimes you're just tired of the arguments and the buildups. You get tired sometimes. And before something bad happens, before you get left or cheated on, sometimes you just want to leave. And she Mm. she goes on to say, what's so bad about that? And I just want to be a free bird. Okay, stop right now. Why would I need? Oh, so um, stop right now. Let me go back. One of the other rumors or you know, vicious little gossip that was going around was that she filed for divorce. And that maybe she's not even really filing for divorce, but that this is just a grab for clout. 
and headlines and that that. it was just to promote her album that's going to be coming out and that's when she said no i just want to be a free bird stop stop with that she said um let me see no i gotta get this right because the one quote i actually laughed she said stop um (laughs) bitch i am the fucking clout (laughs) i've got the number one song right now why would i need anything to sell my next record or next album and i agree with her people will assign clout chasing to the weirdest things sometimes like nipplegate when they said that that was janet's way of clout chasing janet was at the top of her fucking game when that happened all i know is but getting back to this what do you think about all of it i mean i'm happy why are you happy because cardi i don't know if happy is the word i'm happy for her Okay, so so elaborate. And Tell us why. Cardi B, she was only, in my opinion, I felt like she was only with him because of uh, her her daughter, and I feel like a lot of that. I feel like they probably thought the daughter was just like in many relationships mm-hmm. where they are not when it's not going great. Is um, they think of, people think a baby's going to help it, and I think mm-hmm. that's what they thought about with culture. And okay, maybe you know, and it clearly didn't help. And then COVID, I think, also has you know opened oh, up sure. a lot of people's eyes I'm to sure. who the oh, person yeah. they are. Or they're actually in a relationship Definitely. with because you're spending all your time with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't wipe their ass the right way. They don't flush <laughs> the toilet two times. They don't, bitch. They don't. <laughs> they don't flush. do the dishes, bitch. <laughs> they don't. They don't take the trash out. Like she probably was feeling all this thing, even though on her Instagram, I feel like she constantly gets takeout or someone's cooking for her. But she probably anyway, don't cook. I f- I'm she happy says she her. don't cook. Don't she say that? I'm why? happy for her. Don't she say she don't cook and she don't clean? Uh-huh. I'm happy for her because I feel like this bitch is 27 years old. Mm-hmm. She needs, and I feel as though that she has. Like back when they originally got engaged or they actually were already married, they got engaged at powerhouse in Philly on stage, mm-hmm. but they, we found out they actually were engaged before then. Yes. And then, then yes. so like that's where were the they engaged power, or were they already married? I can't but remember. then we found out they actually were already married. Yeah. So it's like, that's why people are saying this is clout because you, he actually came on stage and asked you to marry him when y'all were already married. Mm-hmm. So people are like, that was definitely now that was for class. So at the end of the day, Cardi, cheers <laughs> and to also you, to keep bitch, their their like and go secret. find you someone else to appreciate your WAP. I'm here for all of that. So I definitely I'm not happy for her. I mean, I would say that um, at least that's not the verbiage I would use. I would say that yeah, I agree with her that like if you if you feel like the relationship has run its course then yeah, you definitely should get out of this. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the point of you sitting around hoping that things will get better or, you know, to your point, um, thinking that things might get better because there's a kid or the one that really gets you when people stay together because of their kids thinking that, oh, I don't want my kids to have to go through a divorce. And it's like, yeah, but they're going to pick up on all that bad energy when you're staying with someone. All of it. And then it's going to carry that into their own relationship. Exactly. That's a really poor example, in my opinion. Um, you know, obviously people can do what they want I am and out. what they think is, is best for their kids. But I don't think I ever would see that as being be- best for any kids in that situation because it's just a bad situation for everyone. Um, but I say, yes, girl, if you want to be a free bird, be a free bird. Like you said, she is 27. She is rich as fuck. OK, mm-hmm. I was looking at her um, Spotify streams. She's getting 50 million Spotify streams every month. Which translates to a whole lot of fucking money. So it's like, yeah, girl, do you. So she did say um, in the filing or her lawyer said in the filing that um, the marriage was irretrievably broken, which I've never heard that before. I've heard ir- irreconcilable differences. Me too. A million the, you know, times. Words mean things. And that there are actually no prospects for a reconciliation. Oh, well, I mean, those are obviously not her words. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be you smart. Know, I but feel like she be, she got words. Those, I mean, there's lots of syllables there. 
Um, but she's also seeking primary custody of culture. And she'll get it. So, yeah. So, we will keep you posted as to how that all is going. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, speaking of keeping you posted about how something is going. Oh, so, out of left field. I mean, I out wasn't of, looking for this. No, Were you it, looking it for this? Out of the, it was out of the material girl's closet. <laughs> out of the, what is that? Out of the... Um, out of out of her booty implant. <laughs> That's what it came out of. I think I don't. I feel like she only did the booty implants like once or twice. Because when she did her tour, her ass wasn't looking like that. But who is this? <laughs> Madonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Madonna has um, felt the need to let us all know, make us aware mm-hmm. that she plans to co-write and mm-hmm. direct her mm-hmm. own biopic. So there's going to be this biopic that's coming out that, you know, obviously is going to be about her life because that's what a biopic is. Um, And um, she's also co-writing it with Diablo Cody. If you remember, Diablo Cody is most famously known for writing the amazing Ellen Page film Juno Mm -hmm. back in 2007. She also does a lot of writing, I think, for TV now, but she hasn't done a lot of movies. Um, but here's Madonna's quote. She says, I want to convey the incredible an English accent. I want to. Con- <laughs> <laughs> That's what she does. I, I want to convey the incredible journey that life has taken me on as an artist, a musician, a dancer, a human being trying to make her way in this world. <laughs> oh, she's so Detroit. The focus of this film will always be music. Music has kept me going, and art has kept me alive. There are so many untold and inspiring stories. I don't care. And who better to tell it than me? Mm-hmm. It's essential to share the roller coaster ride of my life with my voice and vision. I don't even care. <laughs> I really don't. Wait, you know what the first thought that went through my mind was? What? Is she also going to play herself at every age? No, I, I low-key <laughs> think that she going to get... Motherfucker, here's what she gonna do. You think there's gonna like there will be that really like harsh lighting or soft lighting? That, I like, think it's gonna. I think that she's gonna cast Lady Gaga <laughs> to play her. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. If not Lady Gaga, her to keep the money in. The family, I mean, it would make sense. Sister. Her sister. I mean, her daughter. Her daughter. Okay, Which, Lourdes. I don't know if Lourdes can can act, but I don't. I, think, see, I don't think Lourdes would want to do it. I could see Gaga doing it. Lourdes strikes me as like she has a lot of Madonna in her, where she'd be like, "I don't want to fuck that. I don't want to do that." But I could see her casting Gaga. I really could because mm-hmm. I feel like that would help mm-hmm. create more buzz. Buzz. Then, it would be very buzzy, and then especially considering that they've had issues you know and not really. You know, uh, yeah, I guess you could call you them know, issues. They've had their own set of issues, if you will. There was a couple times on that new. Um, Lady Gaga album where I was like, Madonna? I just think that that, that would be... To me, this is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't need a story from a trailer park to the gated community. <laughs> like, that's what it's going to be. Like, I don't need that. And then also, Madonna, I, I don't know if I care enough about... I don't know if I don't... I don't know if there's pieces of your roller coaster mm-hmm. that I actually need oh, to Oh, her life is definitely a roller coaster. Because, quite frankly, I feel like we know it. Like, you have given us like pieces of your life mm-hmm. that we don't like these details you're saying that we don't know. I feel like we know mm-hmm. unless there's things you're not telling us, which we'll find out. 
I, I just like there's other people that deserve a biopic before her. In, in my yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, so she, what what she's saying is that um, the film will follow her rise to fame from her Catholic upbringing in Michigan. Um, and I don't know that she was in the trailer park, but she certainly didn't come from. She money. definitely get, was some from some park. And then her move to New York City and eventual international stardom. Um, so for me. I, I, and I'm a, and let me preface this by saying I'm a huge Madonna fan. Like I have loved Madonna, love not Madonna so much too. a fan of her later works, um, but you Anything know, after motherfucking um, hard candy, hard candy is the hard one candy for you. Is, yeah. Then I'm like, girl, I, I didn't know. mind the one that was like two albums after that, but then yeah, since then, um, but. I'm conflicted because on the one hand, because I'm like, I don't, should she be that involved in it? Well, let me go back. First of all, it's too soon. It is too soon. <laughs> so let's start there. Like, it's way too soon. She's still here. She's still got life to live. She's still got music to make. Um, Even though I feel like low key after this memoir, uh, Mariah Carey is going to have a um, biopic. But that's Oh, it's the, we're definitely not ready for that. Um, but so I'm conflicted because I'm like, okay, well. I get what she's saying and like it's a boss bitch move to be like so I'm gonna do a biopic and I'm gonna be like the writer the director I'm gonna do all the roles I'm gonna do all the voiceovers and then I'm gonna do all my own stunts so it's like on the one hand it's like okay I kind of respect that but on the other hand I'm like I don't feel like we'll get the real story Mm-mm. You know, I feel like she was much more real back in the 90s or whatever. So, like, when she did Truth or Dare, mm-hmm. like, that was Madonna being Madonna. Mm-hmm. But then also Madonna being this caricature of Madonna. That yeah, is not, I, like, the Madonna of when care enough, she was growing up. Are you going to see this? Oh, for sure. I definitely will see in it. In the theaters? Yeah. I would see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but I'm still conflicted about it. I don't know if I want to see Because it. I feel like she would not be as, like... As, so is she gonna is, is she gonna have a Detroit accent and then go into an English accent? <laughs> See those types of things. It, I, like if someone else were telling the story, I feel like we would get something that feels a little bit more authentic oh, to like have a what we're seeing. And then two brows. <laughs> oh my! Is she gonna God. have a new face, old face, and then a new face? Okay, so we have a little bit more time before the break. Um, so do you want to get into this Aaron Carter story? Or do you want to wait until after? The I think we should get a break because I have okay. to run to the to the to the bathroom because I right. had one too many drinks. That's fine. So we'll take a break and we got Aaron Carter doing yes. the nasty. We got motherfucking <laughs> um, Joe Malone out here and doing the nasty stuff to black people. John Boyega. We got Brianna Taylor and an update on the settlement that was just received, and then we got the one and only Kanye continuing oh, his mess. God. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> I think most of us can agree that 2020 has been somewhat of a bitch. One of the ways we hear at He Said, He Said, get through it is with great music. We've got you covered with our refreshed, diverse Spotify playlists. He Said Top 40, Pure Pop Perfection, The Gospel Truth, Enough, and Shuffle and Repeat. Keep an ear out to these internet streets this week for links and details. Now, back to the show. We are back. Oh my god, oh. I feel like I'm 16 again. Like this, Why? like the way that this, like shot and a half of vodka that I put in that can, and I only then had two sips of it, and I'm already feeling tipsy. Like, what is this? this it's this diet. Is this diet and this not drinking because we haven't been drinking that much? I know. <laughs> it's a good thing, I guess. Uh, along until I get snatched, <laughs> I'm gonna be. When I get snatched, 
Bitch, you're well on your way but to being I snatched, snatched You look I'm amazing. So I just want to let you know how amazing you I look. know, bitch. Oh, I'm glad you You know. don't tell me something I already know. I'm a snack. <laughs> Speaking of snacks, oh, I don't Aaron know. Carter is Wait, back I in the headlines. Know. I don't know if that's a snack for me. It's some, for some people, it is. That's a crumb. Some people like, that's some a crumb. People like trail mix okay. and some people like trails. Crumbs. <laughs> well... He is back in the headlines and not because he's doing anything great. He's actually Mm -hmm. doing something that's similar to the nasty things (laughs) that you see on um, OnlyFans. But it's called Cam Soda. I never heard of that. I never heard of that. This must be the diet um, version of um, OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Okay. (laughs) Well, Cam Soda, he made his debut earlier this month. Oh, not a debut. The debut. Okay. Okay. And he has a cam show that he is saying, and I quote, will be classy. <laughs> so those of you who may not, let's just level set you who, because I know Ray loves a good level set. I do. Aaron Carter is the younger brother of Nick Carter, yes. who is from the group Backstreet Boys. Aaron yeah. Carter had one song called I Want Candy that you may remember. He also dated Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan of that era, Miley mm-hmm. Cyrus, I think he was linked linked to at one point. I wonder how many of those were manufactured relationships. He also had um, a relationship, like a, a friendship with Michael Jackson. Um, oh, he did. Up. I so, forgot like, about that. He was part of like defending Michael Jackson Jackson during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, any, anyway, he also was on Dancing with the Stars, and he has most recently been known for his um, admission for... Um, Having a body, having a um, dis- an eating disorder, a di- body dysmorphia, uh huh, mm-hmm. and it is something he suffers with. He also has suffered with drugs, addiction. He uh, excommunicated from his family. Like it's just it's messy in these streets, mm-hmm. um, and it's getting even messier. So yeah. he on this cam soda, <laughs> he said that he will be classy and he will um play he said i'm going to hop on the piano and then do some other kinky stuff <laughs> and you know I'm just sorry. some stuff like that i don't mean to laugh he said you'll, you'll have to sign up to see he recently told our sources at page six <laughs> he then said he'll tickle the ivories <laughs> in the nude he told us adding that he is surprisingly comfortable letting it all <sighs> hang out Considering that he has a eating disorder, you know what he did say that he well he said he'll keep it classy because that's where. What he's does that at. even mean? He said it's where I'm at. Is but I'm, what's I'm going to keep it classy? It's where I'm what's at. What's his definition of not classy? Apparently, not playing the piano while nude. <laughs> he said I don't plan on doing sex tapes. Okay. Period. Yeah. Unless. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was for like three million dollars. And who's paying him that? Nobody. So. I just have questions. First of all, what the fuck is Cam Soda? I mean, I mean, clearly, I even though I'm not familiar with Cam Soda, obviously, it's some kind of a platform for cam shows. Um, and cam Soda. And obviously, then, it helps them to have a celebrity with name recognition who's involved. And then secondarily, have you seen Aaron Carter's face I, recently? I have seen Aaron Carter, and that is actually what I've His found body isn't the like, most he, disturbing about this. He's fit. I wouldn't describe that He's as fit, lean. though. He's, He's skinny. Lean. No, he looks sick to me. But he also has, like, face tattoos all over his face. And he, not that that's a bad thing. It's just it when you're gaunt and then you have that. Right. And, see, that's the perfect way to describe it. It's gaunt. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, I did not know that he had an eating disorder before we're doing the research for this, which now that just makes me kind of sad. Um, but I mean, this whole idea of like this emaciated, like former child star, um, who already looks like a twink and like heavy age makeup. And he also makeup. came out and said that he was, he was bisexual at some point. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I kind of remember mm-hmm. him saying that. I mean, was that, but that, was that to get the gays to watch this? I don't know, babe. I, I mean, well, is it, anybody but the gays going to watch this any, though? Is anyone going to watch this? Are any girls going to watch this? Y'all will have to let us know. The female listeners. Because Aaron Carter, I don't if know If you were out demo. here looking for this. Demo. I don't think that, I, no, I think people who listen to the pod know Aaron Carter, but. Yeah, but I don't know if they're, they're not going to be out here move. watching him playing with himself. Playing the piano. And playing the piano and playing with himself, I'm sure, is, is where this is going and that's also where i was confused when he said he was going to hop on the piano i was like do you mean like on top of the piano like near the piano like on the piano bench like i was really confused by that and just like you i have a lot of questions and these are questions that i will not actually be trying to answer at Mm -hmm. any time really unless Mm -hmm. like i see a story about it it. but i i I it's a lucrative business I, though. People make I, lots of money doing it. <laughs> I just I, know, I, don't I, need, I don't need to see Aaron Carter. I actually I just hope that he gets himself. I together. hope he gets on the same track that Macaulay Culkin is on because, because I, I don't know if you've seen Macaulay Culkin recently. Macaulay's living his best life. He living his with that he with is. the Asian girlfriend he has. No, when name? he tweeted like "You want to feel old? I'm 40." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Bitch!" And I was like, "Wait a second. I thought Macaulay Culkin was younger than me." And like, here we are. I was like, basically the same age. But that's what I'm saying. Is like Macaulay. I hope he gets on this Macaulay Culkin life because Macaulay Culkin was on that same journey that I feel like Aaron Carter mm-hmm, is on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was able to get a right a really great um, support system. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend, I think now fiance, if not wife, um, has supported him through this. So hopefully, yeah. find, Aaron Carter finds somebody that's not the piano. But see, that's to the, get him but through. see, that's the first thing that went through. Not the first thing actually, because there were lots of funny things that went through my head, and then I felt sad, and then I felt bad that I thought it was funny at first. Because I really do think that there are lots of mental things that are going on here that are not just an eating disorder. Mm. Um, just because we've talked about him yeah. before. We've talked about issues that he's There's had with substance abuse. Sure. We talked about when he was on that reality show and there's a lot of rage and anger mm-hmm. that there is in that family, like between him and his brother. Like there's just a whole host of things that I think are going on mm-hmm. here that I hope that he's able to get together. And much. I don't think that um, jerking off um, cool. on a piano is... He's the road. To tickle his ivory. I don't think that, that tickling. He's like, Let me tickle my ivory. I don't think tickling his ivory is the road to recovery. Um, but I, I'm gonna be rooting for him. And I was never a fan, but I mean, just as a human being, I'm rooting for him. Well, I want candy. It's his only song that I know. Yeah, I think that's the only song anyone knows. Apparently, yeah. Until he until he starts tickling these ivories. Who knows? He might <laughs> sing Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Oh well, speaking of wanting it that way, Joe yes. Malone actually um, announced earlier this year that John Boega is the was going to be a brand ambassador okay. for them. Um, yes. and, and Joe Malone, to be clear, Joe Malone is, is fragrance, fragrance mm-hmm. and um, smells like cleaning supplies to me. But that's I okay. think it smells delicious. Mm-hmm. Well. He, John, you know, he um, most famously is known for being the black guy in Star Wars. Yeah. Let's just keep it simple because not everyone knows Star Wars. And if I tell you what his name is, you probably won't know. And (laughs) I don't know either because I fell asleep during that movie. Mm -mm. But (laughs) it's true, bitch. I know it is. So John (laughs) actually um, was announced and the debut of his commercial, um, came out it was him his some of his family members were there he actually was 
the context when I say this out loud and I read it, I heard, this feels kind of weird. But and I saw the, the commercial and I was like, okay, it doesn't read as weird as it sounds. Is he was riding a white horse okay. through his neighborhood okay. and interacting with his family, and his neighborhood was in the UK. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the 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 story of his um commercial, if you will. It How was, was the fragrance a London, tied into it? A London, I think it was called a London a London story. How was the fragrance tied into it? Because you know, you know, every fragrance commercial. It was just like some random shit, and then it's like, oh, Joe Malone. Yeah. Okay. This Joe Malone. Okay. And then what happened? (laughs) So the story actually is John said I quit, and the reason why John quit is because for the um the Asian the Chinese version of this Asian market, the Asian Mm -hmm. market, they completely erased John from it and added everything that John did. An Asian man did, okay. which is an Asian influencer that they chose or um, okay. artist, and basically it became the, the almost the same concept, if you will. Yeah. And John said, "I quit." And the reason why he said he quit, he went to his Twitter and he said that um, he he actually how he had actually come up with the idea. He came up with the idea of the short film commercial and was unaware, unaware that they were going to recast. Oh, so it. this was his idea? Yes, with. Lu Hora, who is the Chinese with for the Chinese version, mm-hmm. he said the decision to replace my campaign in China by using my concept and um, substituting a local brand ambassador for me without ev- ever c- my consent or prior notice was wrong. The film mm-hmm. celebrated my personal story, showcasing my hometown, including my friends, and featuring also my family. Wow! So he quit because of that. John Malone came out and said like they're dis- they're sorry for d- the disappointment. You know, he's an incredible talent and, you know, we were proud to have him as a part of our family. We respect his decision. But the the real tea of it all is that, you know, this isn't the only brand that does this in terms of have like rebranding their commercial mm-hmm. to attract to um, specifically the Chinese and um, the Asian markets. Because when you think about it, you know, the, the communities that they're trying to target in that area, like they're looking to for people to find relation mm-hmm. to what they're seeing on mm-hmm. TV. So they're replacing the, the in this case John with someone that they know more famously and as also of their descent, so they can relate. Is it right? No. Uh-huh. Is it? Did should they have con- consulted him? Because yeah. he came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but is this new? No. So, um couple of things uh so the fact that this was his idea in my opinion makes it much worse Mm -hmm. so like the fact that this is not like something that some the marketing team or whoever came up with even Mm -hmm. though i'm sure he probably was working with the marketing team yeah um i think that makes it that i think that makes it really fucked up because um even hearing the quote where he says that like this is something i came up with and then i actually also included my family and friends like it's clearly personal for him yeah and then like here you have this black man who you know is the brand ambassador for this international obviously Mm -hmm. this is an international brand um and like there's so much i'm sure when he was you know when he struck that deal there was a lot of pride behind that Mm -hmm. and then to have them kind of slap him in the face in this way Mm -hmm. because my counter to this whole idea of okay yeah i get it that's great that like in the Chinese market, you know, for them to sell their product, it makes more sense for them to have Chinese 
people be in the ad. Just like here in the States, we've been saying for decades, if not longer, that the more you see black people in ads, the more you can relate to a product and you want to buy it. But the problem that I have about this is we'll then come up with a completely different concept. Yeah, exactly. And then if you feel that way, don't run his ad in China, which is fucked up too. But mm-hmm. again, if if in the Chinese market, you know, you putting a black man front and center doesn't really work for selling your product, then okay, fine, whatever the fuck. But the fact that you use the, the, like an, a very similar, if not identical concept, and, makes this extremely problematic. And the reason why I think John had even more issue with is it's his idea. Mm-hmm. Um, rebranded mm-hmm. with the this now Chinese version with a Chinese um, influencer, and no black actors appeared in the newer ad. No, of course not. And the company later came out and said after this his Twitter um, announcement, um, they further said we deeply apologize for what on our end was a mistake in the local execution oh, of good. the campaign. That they apologize. So the company apologized, okay. but does that make it right? No. Does that change what they did? No. Yeah, but do I mean, the, have proof, the, opportunity the to, proof would be in what are they going to do moving Do they have the opportunity to actually pull the that one and replace all of the marketing um, with John's? That is their, that is what, to me, what I feel like is the biggest, could be the biggest form of we made a mistake by saying, you know what? We're going to pull all commercials that are pink, being on a TV to just be now John's, not him. Or we're going to balance and mm-hmm. we're going to do more, We're going to mix. You mean pull the ad that has the Chinese influencer mm-hmm. in China mm-hmm. and then just run in the Boyega ad? Yep. Oh, I don't, I. They're not going to do it. And also John has been, you know, obviously very passionate about Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And um, he called out Disney for the treatment of his character in the Star Wars film and made, making his, his, the main character in the Star Wars movie become like a sub picture on the on the flyer. Well, like, it's the same small. thing. I think it was the same market. It, it was. was definitely an Asian mm-hmm. market where they made his pictures smaller. Yep. Which in that particular case, um, it goes back to kind of what I was saying, where it's like it's marketing and it's like if you know in a market that um, – you know, they want to see people who look like them. That's one thing. But if you're talking about there aren't any Chinese actors, I don't believe in that Star Wars movie no. who are like visibly Chinese. You know, maybe they're made up. They're Chinese, but then they're made up and you, you can't tell what you know yeah. race they are, or nationality or ethnic group they come from. That's different because it's like. The movie is the movie. So it's like... The movie is the movie is the movie. Right. If he is a top-line character, then that that advertising, I believe, should be the same. But I think that's different than this particular case where it's like, no, you're selling a product, which is Joe Malone. You get to decide whether, you know, who you want to be the face of that in different markets. not only decide, but then actually execute. And that's why... So I don't agree with you that I think that they should pull that... I, I think that they should pull the ad... Um, that was a copycat ad and just do a different one with the Chinese influencer. Probably too I don't think that. they should read, they, you know, like now do the Boyega ads because it's just not going to work in that market. And we already know that, or they already know that because but of whatever their research at is. At this point, it's too late in this. In no, it isn't. That, they got it, money. It is. They're well, okay. I mean, the long and the short. Selling a damn fucking um, pine saw people be putting on their necks. It's fine. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> well, an update in the Breonna Taylor settlement is the city of Louisville. Kentucky has agreed to pay twelve. Girl, million. what did you just say? Louisville. Louisville. Sorry, girl. And that's not how they say it. How do they say it, babe? Well, you tell me, babe. Louisville. There you go. They say Louisville. Well, they agreed <laughs> to pay twelve million dollars to the family of Breonna Taylor and institute sweeping police reform in a historic settlement um, for the wrongful death lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Mayor Greg Fisher um, 
Taylor's family and their attorney announced the settlement at a joint press conference on this past Tuesday. Brianna Taylor, as you remember, she was um, unfortunately killed um, by police in her home on March 13th. Mm-hmm. So six months ago, a little over six months ago, um, she was she was murdered. Um, and the police officers are still out here, not no charges being filed. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a part of the settlement, the city also agreed to establish a housing credit program as an incentive for officers to live in the areas they serve. You um, use social workers to provide support on certain police runs and require commanders to review and approve such warrants before seeking judicial approval, among other changes. So before we get further conversation on this, I want to just say that there is an actual New York Times documentary that we may have talked about um, on a few episodes back, but it's on Hulu be sure to watch it. For me, I felt like I learned a lot about the case that I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. And it allowed me, you know, for me to have really targeted anger um, with the city and with the police uh, and really with the process um, versus with the outcome. Mm-hmm. I think we, were, I think I was very angry about what the outcome of what happened from this unfortunate night. But what are your thoughts on this settlement, Ray? So, um, uh, again, conflicted thoughts. I, I totally get this whole concept of, you know, recompense, if you will. So, you know, this, this whole idea that the family was owed something because of, you know, what I refer to as a murder execution style. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you know, just watching that um, particular documentary, also reading, um, different things and especially the accounts from Brianna's mother about like what happened the night of and then the next day. It's just it's one of those situations where the more you know about it, um, you know, the more angry you get just because not only of what happened, going all the way back to what happened leading up to the murder, what happened during the murder where you had these cops who were literally shooting into this apartment complex and into her apartment. They could have shot and killed any number of people. They could have killed mm-hmm. or injured other people who live in the building who have nothing to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to find that, you know, one, if not more of the cops had sexual assault allegations against them that never, that nothing came mm-hmm. of and they were still allowed to to have their jobs. The guy who, one of the guys who was shooting, and I think it was the same, I think it might've been that same cop, but I don't remember. Um, one of them, he disappeared from the scene for two hours after it happened, and no one knows where he went. Like, and then there's the cover up that happened afterwards, and which then just makes you even gonna, more upset. Isn't going to bring Brianna back. It's not. So it's like I get that. I get that. I, but I do get the idea that it's like, okay, well, we need to do something. But this is definitely not enough, in my opinion. What we want to see, um, I think, largely collectively, is that these all of these officers are brought to justice. Arrested they all and charged. Need to be arrested and charged with murder that because is that's what justice happened. is not a settlement in cash. no it isn't and that's what happened this was a murder and this is not something that should be allowed to stand well apparently a grand jury has been impaneled to investigate this shooting no, though well, an announcement has not been made about their well we talked about that because what the old fucking um you know um attorney general who is is black but is definitely not invited to the cookout he's mm-hmm. actually barred from the cookout mm-hmm. um 
he has the ballistics report. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that they were supposed to be waiting for. Then we'll be able to move to the next step once we have this ballistics report. Because, again, if you watch this documentary, there were bullets in her pots and pans. Uh There were bullets in her soap dish in her bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, this just gives you an idea of the level of artillery and firepower that was used in this particular raid, if you will, that was mistaken from the very Mm -hmm. beginning and and, and ill-begotten from the beginning. Um, but yeah, and he has this ballistics report and now he's still slow walking all of this. Fuck him. Just like Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I keep saying that Uncle Tom is not a term that I'm going to use on this pod because I think it's a very hurtful term. But yeah, um, the AG. Yeah. But I also think that it's important to acknowledge and they actually talk about this on the documentary on Hulu with New York Times is Louisville has a, a history um, and a, a deep-rooted history with racial, um, the, with racism. Most of these cities um, where these cop killings, ha- mm-hmm. like not cop killings, but the the um, excessive force and the mm-hmm. murders at the hands of the cops to people of color, usually you do find that this mm-hmm. is not the first incident. And they actually had a protest when Brianna passed away in Town Square which was actually where slaves were auctioned off. Mm-hmm. And the individual that was speaking, I forget who. He was like a councilman yeah, or something. I think he used to be like a police officer. And he had said, um, and he's pretty big don't part remember of his name. the New York Times documentary. He yeah. said, like, we are protesting for racial justice for and for justice to be served for Brianna Taylor in the exact place where people like you and I were actually auctioned yeah. to as slaves. So... I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, I, but what I'm, what I want, what I'm hoping for, and what I'm really, um, what we need is we need justice, and we cannot allow um, these police officers to continue to be on, in, in on in the field. Yeah. No, I agree. And and I think the other I, I think fucked anyone up- and everyone who had their their name on this, whether it was the judge that signed off on. You know the whatever things that are documents they need the the warrant the, the no warrant knock, whether no it was warrant. the mm-hmm. police chief who knew this was happening everyone needs to be um needs to be held accountable because all of them all of them have they they have their hands in what happened no I agree and then the but even the other fucked up part about the settlement is that that money's coming from the taxpayers that in part that so part. it's like it's not like that money then comes from the police department that money comes from taxpayers it's like so then the taxpayers have to pay for the cops fuck up Mm. so it's just like you know it's just it's it's just a whole lot of bad piled on top of of think of the the damage emotionally that has been done to brianna's um boyfriend Mm -hmm. um for the rest of his life oh for sure her mother for the rest of her life for sure um but you know i wish i wish Nothing but greatness for for this family because unfortunately they've gone through one of the worst things that you have to go through, which is someone being killed that you love um, by the police uh, with no actual reason, but other than being woken up out of her sleep and and knowing a person that they were looking for that they actually already got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so her long ex. and the short, we are we we their thoughts are still with us. And, no, for sure, and. As we move on to the next topic, Kanye West is still in these headlines, um, providing nothing but content. If you follow him on Twitter, his Twitter actually apparently... I'm so over it. Allegedly, his Twitter was given... Deactivated. Taken taken away from him. (laughs) Yeah. 
but he got it back. And it is rumored that Kim has felt like it, they are on thin ice because of what's happening. I don't know if you saw the video where he had the Grammy in the toilet and he was peeing. Wait, there's a video of uh-huh. that? Mm-hmm. So I only read that that that, that he said that he peed on no, his Grammy. No, there was actual video. And was this on Twitter? Uh huh. There was actual video. Is that why they deactivated the Twitter? Uh huh. Well, Probably. you didn't see his penis, but no, like, but still, saw, like I mean, yeah. so are people yeah, peeing on mm-hmm. things on Twitter, like yeah. So okay. Kanye has gone on a uh, just a whole rant, and yeah. what you He's notice about Kanye is again. he there'll be a rant, and then there'll be silence, right? And then there's a rant, and then there's silence, and then there's well, a that's rant. That's a whole part silence. of the, his condition. So that's how bipolar. This most works. recent or rant was around his relationship with Universal and Sony. How he feels like he's a slave to them. He, you know, he doesn't own his masters. Then it's rumored that, as a part, and then there was all these rumors about this and saying that Jay Z actually sold the masters to, um, which to me doesn't make sense. But Jay Z sold the masters Universal and Sony as a part of his renegotiation of his deal. Yeah, but then he came out and said that wasn't true. That's what Kanye said. And but then. The long and the short is like, Kanye that doesn't, is, doesn't even make sense, but go on. Kanye is ultimately out here, um, in my opinion, trying to like, and, I, and a lot of his arguments I got, like I understood, like, you know, saying that the labels make more money than the artists and the artists, especially new artists get like kind of the slight end of the deal. But when you look at the contracts, like the labels, you owe debt to the label yeah. as an artist, which did he not watch? Any, did he not pay attention to anything that happened before him, like TLC, Tony Braxton? Mm-hmm. But apparently he didn't care. Um, he thought he was different. Um, but he also came out and do. said that he wants to help Taylor Swift get her master's back. <laughs> so, that, that made me chuckle when I saw so that. Apparently Scooter Braun is a close friend, family friend, and he said that he will talk to Scooter about this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Scooter could care. Good less. luck with that, Kanye. And ultimately, Scooter is making more it's money so than you are off these masters, off of you actually making any Well, that was the one music. thing that I saw where Taylor was invoked in this whole argument where he said someone told him and he had um, tweeted the um, messages where they were like, well, your catalog will be worth more than Taylor's. Which that's what apparently his lawyers said. This. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, to me, I just feel like Kanye is... You know, he's saying that his his goal was for his kids to own his masters. Oh, that's great. Um, and he has the money and the label won't listen to him about wanting to buy his masters or entertain mm-hmm. him buying his masters. He has the money to do it. And now they don't want to pay attention because they know that they'll lose money. And that, you know, what I want to just say, and I'm not a recording artist. I am not in the industry. I do not know the fine details of his contract. And I don't care to. But what I want to say is, as an artist, you have the ability when you're up for renegotiation to say no. Yeah, just like Taylor did. And to then go to A, another record label, Mm -hmm. or B, become independent. We have Mm -hmm. seen a lot of artists go independent so they own the masters of their music. We also see the artists who, like Chance the Rapper, who was you, Kanye, has historically, you know, recorded with and has noted as his little brother be independent his entire fucking career. Right. So Kanye, if you have examples, if you need examples of what it looks like, you have your peer sets that you engage with often who are independent. Has so, there been any talk about how many records he has left on, left he has on his not deal? shared that. So it's like, if that's the key, he said, I know he's been trying to say it's a slave deal or whatever. And, but like, 
it isn't like he's a new artist. He's not. And that's my point as well. Is like yeah. he's been out since 2004. So you've been out for 16 plus years. So the fact that you now are saying you're on a slave deal, like you ultimately have had multiple award-winning records, have yeah. sold millions upon millions of records. You likely did not have a 14-year contract. Like you likely did not have that. And if you did, then you really are a part of a shitty deal. But like you didn't have to resign. Yeah, but I mean, not to, I don't like to, uh, to agree with Kanye these days or ever. Um, but I mean, so I, I think, first of all, we don't know how many records he has left on his deal, which is an important yeah. piece of, of information to kind of assess what's going on. Maybe he still has a lot because of whatever his most recent deal, which I don't even know when he signed that was. Well, he might have actually, you're right. He might actually, when he renegotiated, renegotiated, asked for more money yeah. as a sign on. As a sign on. Because he was right. so. But not actual anything to do with his masters. Mm, um, that's true. And, you know, I think that hindsight is twenty twenty, which is one thing, you know, Always. for a lot of artists. Um, but. Yeah, I think that the what what happened to Taylor could end up also happening to him, where he says, "Okay, for sure, yeah, my leverage is that I'm just going to leave." And it's like, I mean, let's just be honest. At this point, I know Kanye is still pretty young, but I'm really feeling like his best music is probably behind him in the rearview mirror, especially now that he's gone Christian or whatever. It's just never going to have the broad appeal that his old music did. So he runs the risk of saying, hey, I'm leaving. And then they'll be like, bye. And we're going to keep your masters because that's all the mo- where all the money is and revenue is coming from at mm-hmm. this point anyway. And then he goes off and makes his Christian music and he owns those masters and doesn't make as much money but the thing as is, he could is with his old masters. If you actually are Christian, you're making money off of music. That well, you- that's another story. So, <laughs> so why are you on masters? That is a really good that point. You said that you would never make again because that is a good point so you shouldn't want (laughs) because he wants the money because Mm, kanye is all about money and you know in this whole new twitter tirade you know one point he said that he was the second richest black man in america or the world or whatever and then he deleted that and was like well no it's not about money like you know it's about god or whatever kanye needs Mm. to get himself together and i think that having some time and space away from twitter would probably be a really good idea for I him hope and so, for his bitch, family. Because he, he peeing on a Grammy and then actually record, like taking the time to record that and then post it to any social media or any platform, just it just shows you the level of um, disquiet that's happening within his mental state. And right I also, now. if you, I feel like we have not seen Kim and Kanye together in. I mean, she, I don't know if she's going anywhere, but that's a whole other story. But that's the story. It We're is. Move into shuffle and repeat. <laughs> now, what is the first motherfucking uh, shuffle and repeat topic story artist album? So, Alicia Keys. All right, Alicia Keys has finally put out her album Alicia, which was actually supposed to come out earlier this year. It was supposed to precede her tour, which was also supposed to start this year, but then COVID. COVID. Just fucked everything up. And um, now we have to wait until next year for the tour. But, um, you know, it's interesting to me whenever I th- kind of think about Alicia Keys, because I feel like when you mention Alicia Keys in certain circles, she doesn't always get 
the accolades and respect that sh- that I feel like she deserves mm. in conversations and because of different things because of like the Swizz thing which people are still holding her accountable for but then they don't have a problem with still supporting mm. Swizz because he's a man and the patriarchy and all that you know mm-hmm. um, but we won't go down that path but no, for different won't. reasons you know um, so I was like, I need to level set with Alicia Keys. Mm, I okay. See, I lo- you love a good level set. Bitch. So um, Alicia Keys has um, seven studio albums mm-hmm. and two live albums. Mm-hmm. All right. So of her previous six studio albums before the album that just came out this past week, um, all of them debuted in the top two of the Billboard 200. Mm-hmm. So either at number one or at number two. Mm-hmm. She also had the number one unplugged um, album. Mm. Which means that um, she has a total of five number one albums. Mm. She has 15 Grammys. And if this album debuts at number one or number two, then she um, will actually be up to seven Mm. number one or number two albums across her whole discography. So, like, that is nothing to sneeze at. Like, Mm -hmm. this bitch has been making music that people have, that has been resonating with people for a long time. Yeah. Okay. So now we get to um, the follow up to what I felt like was one of her best albums, Mm -hmm. um, which was here that came out in 2016. She put out a lot of fucking songs between albums, too many in my opinion. And that's where I started to get a little fatigued and wondered what this album Mm -hmm. would be and if it would resonate with me. And bitch, when I heard she was coming out with it, I was like, okay, great. I can't wait to hear it. And it did not disappoint Mm. this. Okay. This is a great body of work in my opinion. And there are standout tracks, which Mm, I will start with wasted energy Mm. featuring diamond platinums. This is something I never heard of, but this song has a reggae feel. It was produced by P2J who also did brown skin girl for Beyonce's the gift and water. Um, and when I tell you, love it. So done. We've already talked about the song with Khalid. I think that that is a a missed opportunity because that Mm. should be the single right Mm -hmm. now. And what's Khalid doing? Maybe he's, maybe he's hunkered down for the quarantine. Maybe that's why they decided to maybe not Mm. go with that as like a single where she goes out and promotes it. Cause the new song that love looks better or whatever it's called. That's not my jam. Um, so again, it feels very Caucasian. So done feels like it would have been the song that would be like the, um, what was that song she had with Drake? It would be like that for R and B where it would be like if she promoted it, a huge hit. Um, but okay. Um, that one was produced by Ludwig Gorenson, uh, who was a frequent Childish Gambino collaborator. He actually did um, This Is America. Mm. Um, Jill Scott is the name of the song featuring, featuring Jill, Scott. Jill Scott. First of all, I'm, 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 I am obsessed with that whole concept. Did you, did you watch <laughs> the Apple music interview? Yeah. You made me watch that part. You don't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch the whole thing, but you I did see that You saw the Jill Scott part? part? What Jill Scott part? When she talked about this, this track? Maybe not. So she actually went into the studio after she watched the Oh verses. yeah, yeah. No, you made me watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After she watched the verses. She, oh, maybe I read it. Yeah, probably. So because Jill was wa- on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, can I tell him? Sure. Okay, bitch. Because it sounds like you don't really know. <laughs> no, I do know. Jill was, she said after the verses, Jill was on the phone. No, after the verses, she With was Swiss. inspired. Mm-hmm. And she talked to Jill and they were like, oh yeah, we should collab and whatnot and the other. Yeah, and because then, Jill was on the phone, mm-hmm. like I said. And then she was actually <laughs> got, planned to go to the studio and she ended up laying a track and mm-hmm. she was so inspired by the love that Jill um, and that provided for the verses. She actually laid the um a portion of the track and she made her and she made herself sound like Jill Scott. Yes. 
and played it for Swiss. And Swiss was like, we should just call Jill back and put her on this. She was like, you think she'd do it? So then her engineer was like, what should we name the track? Mm-hmm. And they were like, she's like, just name it Jill Scott. Cause I forget. And then she was like, Jill Scott featuring Jill Scott. And then they were like, <laughs> yeah. And then they kept it. So I love that. No, I do. I love it. this song. I love because for me, it's like a soulful laid back breath of fresh air. Mm, was it? Yes. And then, you know, Jill, she's lending backing vocals and then also a little spoken word, which is very on brand for Jill. If you if you follow her career at all. Um, this one was produced by um, a couple people that I'm not familiar with. Marvino Beats um, and then Sean C. Sean C actually had a lot of um, pretty high profile hip hop mm. production credits. Um, and then my personal fave, I think, on the album, I need to sit with it a little longer before I actually lock that in. But on like first, second, maybe third listen, Me Time 7 is like a fave of mine. Mm. And this is featuring Tierra Whack. I believe Tierra Whack is from Philly. She is. Big up Philly. Um, and it's so great, both track wise and also lyrically. This one was produced by Tricky Stewart, who's worked with everybody. Um, and then, um, some other people I never heard of Sam Thomas, Pierre Medor and Patrick Postlewaite. Um, and listen, when I tell you that this album is everything, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Now there are, it, it, it isn't perfect. You know, there are some songs where I'm like, mm, we could have did without good job, even though it's, it's a great standalone so song. It's like an eight and a half. Out of nine? I mean, uh, ten. ten. Yeah. Because, you know, there are some songs that I feel like they could have left off, especially some of the songs that have been out for six to eight or nine just, months. My thoughts are, like, she released too many damn fucking singles. I to agree. me, it felt very Grisangalera Liberation, where she was releasing all the singles and they <laughs> had one hit. And the only difference <laughs> No, is Underdog that, was, you know, it's probably as close as she's yeah. going to get to. And like, I, I, Underdog, I don't mind. Unquote, I agree that Mead Time 7 is one of my favorites as well. But I also love how the album starts. Truth mm-hmm. Without Love. Yeah, I like that too. Um, that actually the dreams involved with that, which I found interesting. So I thought the backgrounds was actually were actually Swiss, but it's the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and waste of energy is another one I loved. Um, I also love 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 me times seven bunch. I said you saved me with Sano Allegra. I thought that that was like a really good pairing. Their voices complemented each other, and even mm-hmm. their sonically the, the styles of music is pretty complimentary. The Jill Scott versus Jill Scott. This is a collaboration I did not know I needed. No, seriously. I wouldn't have even like and been like, oh, they should do a song together. I, it it was perfect. It was magic. And I think that now I'm really interested to see how this translates to the stage. Yes, me too. Um, overall, it's a, sol- a solid project. I think it is on repeat for me, which yes. I would agree. And it's obviously on repeat for me. And I was going to say it's <laughs> obvious on you. Um, so moving on to the next mm-hmm. album of that we're recording. Someone I've never heard of. Duran um, Banar. Uh, it's called Door and. Door and then the. Yes. D-U-R and then the ampersand. Mm-hmm. So the album um, came out. He has an amazing voice. So th- those of you that don't know him, um, he has gone viral um, for his videos on Instagram and YouTube. Um, but he grew up in a home where his mother was actually a professional music teacher and vocal coach. And his dad actually provided sound and tour production for like big artists like Jay-Z, Earth, Wind & Fire, Bob the Builder, and even Whitney Houston. Bob the Builder. So like it's all over. And his his um cut his dad's first cousin actually is a producer and he's done Anderson Pack, the Internet, Sam like just like a bunch of arts tweet, Erica Badu. Um and the long and the short is that he has deep connections with music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's obvious that he has a love for soul music, and this project shows that. 
He also was on BET's music competition last year called The Next Big Thing. And that he ranked number three of okay. the top and um, competitors. The next we didn't, big thing. We didn't watch it, but I did see like on social media this this particularly. Mm. This to me is a project that I feel like on first listen you're like I don't like it. I don't get it. It's not my vibe. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't appreciate it. I've listened to it now. I've gone through the whole album one time, and then I'm on my second listen, and I feel like the second time I've started to really find tracks that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, your facial expression. Uh, I actually Don't loved, worry about my face. I loved how the album started called Mixed. Okay. Um, it, the line oh, that I loved about You it, liked Mixed. Okay. Why? Go on. It was shady. It was petty. No, go on. And what I thought was funny <laughs> is you said y'all full of shit and y'all full of shit and need some smooth, smooth move. move. Yeah. I thought that was a really witty. And what actually reminded me uh, when I read the articles is that they said that he when he was performing on the BET show, he rapped, sung, mm-hmm. rap sing, and he would mm-hmm. rap and sing. So like these punchlines that are in his songs make sense. Um, Company is another song that I really loved. Um, DeAndre, who was one of our guests on our lives, actually just did a cover and it is also amazing. So good. Both of their voices are del- like delicious to listen to. If oh, you will. Okay. Um, relocate. I thought was really funny. And because it's like, he says during the song is that, um, the dick makes me want to relocate. No, it doesn't make him want to relocate. It, it's so good. He makes a bitch want to relocate. A bitch want to, uh-huh. Yes. So a bitch being He's himself, talking about, child. Okay, yeah. He is, <laughs> he is queer, LGBT. Yeah. Uh, and he um, is is out. So what I found interesting is some of the tracks he actually, like, speaks about his love for another man, which mm-hmm. often in soul music, especially with black men singing, this does not happen. So I would say that this is... Definitely something that is on repeat for me. Um, again, I think it grows on you. I'm a fan. He's an amazing singer, and I think that he deserves some recognition. What are mm, your thoughts, okay. dear? Mm. All right. So I, yeah, I, where do I begin with this? Um, so I, I found, I found your analysis um, intriguing because when you said at first listen, you'll be like, what is the kind of like, what is this yeah. or like. I don't like this. I definitely had that reaction at the beginning of the album itself mm. where I was just kind of like mixed, which Ari is that, Lennox is on it too. Yeah. Mixed is the first song. And I was just kind of like, um, okay, this is kind of like um, the song that Rihanna probably wants to put out right now where it's like, <laughs> bitch, would y'all please stop haranguing me about when my next project is coming out? Like, yeah. Like, you'll get it when you get it. And I was like, uh, okay, but I don't necessarily know how I feel about it with all the N-words and, like, and the nigglets, he said, I think, at one point. I was just kind of like, you're talking about your fans? I'm, I was a little mm-hmm. confused and a little put off by that. Um, but what I would say is that as I listened to it more, I started to hear influences where I was like, oh, okay. I heard Bilal, like it, mm. there's some tracks that were a little Bilal-ish to me, but Bilal, like before he got weird. Yeah. Um, he, this guy, 100% is, is almost sound alike at times to Eric Benet, mm-hmm. um, which I, out. which I found to be interesting too, because I like Eric Benet's voice. So it was kind of like, oh, whoa, he sounds like Eric Benet just then. And it's like, all right. Um, but as I listened to it, I did start to appreciate more of what he was doing with his voice mm-hmm. of 
um, what I could discern as being influences for the mm-hmm. different, you know, type, the different genres within R and B that mm-hmm. I felt like these songs were touching on. Um, so Fave Tracks for me, Stuck, which is a song that features mm-hmm. Ari Lennox, yeah. which is a great kind of like modern neo-soul record, which yes. this album feels very neo-soul to me, but then also a little, it leans a little alternative at times. Uh-huh, it does. Um, Gratitude, um, mm, which another good one. is another good one, which seems to be about his fan base growing with him. But then I was like, so then we had mixed at first where you were calling them names, but then now like they're growing with you. But I still appreciate the song because it's it is actually a really good song. And then Racket is another song mm, that um, I like it. To your point, it's braggadocious. It has the punchlines, which I do appreciate that. It's kind of like very Beyonce because Beyonce mm-hmm. is very punchliney in her music these days, yeah. you know, where she's not singing as much. Um, although Beyonce is still singing, which that is something we'll have to touch on when we do our Beyonce yeah, yeah. episode, whenever that actually happens. Um, but I appreciated Racket as well. So, um, you know, and in that particular song, he, it's interesting to me because it almost sounds as if he's directing that one at other artists mm. who are not giving him his props that he feels like he's due mm. where he's like, well, is it jealousy? Like, are you not giving me props because you don't want me to be better than you? Mm. Which I was like, that's really ballsy for somebody who is not very well known. Cause I don't, wouldn't consider him to be very well known no, at this point. He's definitely someone that has, he's, has had viral. He's moments. bubbling under. Is how I would yeah, describe he has it. Had That's how Billboard moments, describes it. And, but I would not say that he is like a household name. Right, which is what makes him bubbling under because it's like he's just under the surface waiting for that breakthrough like mm-hmm. moment or thing to happen mm-hmm. that actually makes him a household name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went into this thinking, when, especially the first like two tracks, I was like, oh, this is going to be a real swift, very neat mm-hmm. on repeat. I mean, on shuffle. <laughs> um, but actually, um, after listening to it, it is an on repeat for me. Oh, I um, did not expect that. Despite my skepticism. I listened to it. I'm halfway through the second listen. And I was like, I'm really intrigued to see if Ray is even going to like this. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound like music he would be here for. Yeah, it's on repeat. And it's on repeat for a lot of different reasons. But I would say it's ambitious. Um, the hubris that he has, I actually really appreciate. Because, again, it gives me very Beyonce vibes, even though he's nowhere near Beyonce's no. like level of notoriety. And I also appreciate the cohesiveness of it. So even the songs that I didn't like, because, again, this is not a, perf- a perfect release for me. But even the tracks too. that I didn't like, yeah, I agree. There may be, like, a couple of songs it's too It's not long, but it also shows you, like, I think he's independent. So yeah. it shows you, like... You can make really good music um, as an independent artist, and 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 it be cohesive. Like you right, don't have it to. feel it definitely feels like it goes together. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a cohesive body of work. So again, it's on repeat for me. <sighs> so moving on, um, Riley. So formerly the artist formerly known as Amber Riley, now going just by Riley, all caps. Most famously known as Amber <laughs> Riley. She um had she finally has a song that I feel like because she this would be like the third song that she's released they're saying this is her first single that is um, great i love to hear that this is the first single because neither of those other two songs were singles um but bge which stands for big girl energy is the song um i have to say this is actually what i've been waiting for from her with a caveat that 
what I saw um, on uh, line, so like on IG, it was like anthem. And I was like, when I heard it, I didn't necessarily hear an anthem because it's a little too laid back mm, to my ear to be considered to be an anthem. But it is still the song I was waiting for from her because I feel like this is what radio would actually play. I got that big girl energy. Yes. She said, I got that hood that's still in me. That's why I, she said, that's why he hates to hate. To love me. <laughs> yes. Yes, do that, babe. Okay. Um, so a woman, bitch. So again, I think this is like radio friendly. It's modern. It's the song that she deserves. It deserves to be a single for her. Hopefully there'll be some type of promotion behind it. I want to see her on the shows. I want to see her singing. Listen, if Chloe and Holly can be out here promoting and they are doing more promotion than anyone these days, mm-hmm. then all of these girls and guys and everybody in between needs to be out here promoting mm-hmm. their music. Don't give me any excuses about covid Ooh, your excuses about covid they they just find you a tennis court exactly find you a tennis court and a, a mini cam okay um but yeah so uh, she's repping fuller figured ladies she's and i think i would take that even further and say she's repping um black fuller figured mm-hmm. ladies i'm so into it it's on repeat and i can't wait for her ep so to me first listen i was like i don't know mm-hmm. and then I feel like what I realized after listening to the song a few times is that I have this vision of what her music should sound like. Because of her big voice. Because of her voice. Yeah. And because of the artist I want her to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I need I needed to give her space to be the artist that she wants to be, mm-hmm. which then allowed me to really respect and also enjoy the song. So the visual actually came out as well. Um, and... Well, first the album, the song was released was was produced by Son of Sonics, who has released who has done music with um with um Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. um and then Riley, um she obviously in this video it was directed by this guy named Child who has worked with Janelle Monae, Ari mm-hmm. Lennox, Big Sean. So I like this is like money behind it. Nice. Um, I love and to her hear that. friends are in the video. So yes, like Gabby. Gabby mm-hmm. is in it. Jordan Sparks. And then the mayor of Compton, which is actually where Riley is Amber Riley is from, mm-hmm. Aja Brown was also. So apparently this this song is it serves this as the first single of her six track six track EP that's coming out on October first. Um, she said she wrote BGE at a point in her time where she was tired being tired of being underestimated by everyone. Mm-hmm. So she went into the studio to talk shit. This song is a lot of things, but mostly it's about loving yourself and being yourself unapologetically in the middle and giving a middle finger and finger to anyone who has a problem with it. I love that. So to me, I feel like after I listened to that, read a little bit about it, then watched the video, I was like, Okay, I appreciate this because I feel like it is it's youthful, it's grown, but it, it's it is relevant, youthful. but it also mm-hmm. I feel like could cross over to a more adult R and B. Yeah. Um so to me it's on repeat. I love Amber Riley, I love Riley, I'm really looking forward to this project and I'm looking forward to celebrating it. Next one is Sam Smith. They released their next single. Uh, called Talk Diamonds. about somebody releasing all the songs. They also decided to say that their album will be coming out, um, and it comes out October 30th. Mm-hmm. After um, the Grammy cutoff. That yes. was a surprise for also me. Also know that Sam Smith was supposed to release an album earlier this year, uh, and it it um, got pushed back. Uh, and this was an announcement made with, that made a lot of people surprised because it was coming off of a single with Normani that did really well. Yes, Dancing with a Stranger. Um, and then when they made the announcement, obviously the title also to die for 
it was the title needed to be reworked needed to be reworked <laughs> based on what was happening with covid mm-hmm. so here we are now um and this is only their third studio album yeah which is crazy and to me i feel like so listening to the song at first i was like i like it and then i would listen to it again and i was like okay i have the same feelings and then the third time i listened to it which was today when i was grocery shopping um i was like okay like I like this and I feel like this is the kind of music that we'll get from an artist like a Sam Smith or an Adele that mm-hmm. is like just enough dance right. to make you want to dance, but not enough dance that we're going to require choreography exactly. from them. Yes. So I was like, although he, although they do choreography. They do, but yeah. I, I'm thinking like about artists yeah. like them as well as Adele. Like I will never get like a Dutty Wine, like give you a little bit of, you know, Sierra um, going Matrix or like Beyonce. Yeah, yeah no, no, you know, no, no. Formation. Definitely like, We'll never get that. And oh, I think no, that that's, for sure. That is obvious but i think that this it's is that like, whitney houston choreo it's it is mar- it's marking you know? it is it's a good yeah. two-step moment exactly. and i feel like this is really interesting from it's 17 songs will be a part of this album i think four of them will actually be the songs that were released before and they'll be noticed as bonus tracks not as actual tracks um they came sam came out and said that he act they actually went back to the studio and they rec- recorded new music when things got pushed back because they wanted to have a new perspective to on things. And my Oasis came out collaboration mm-hmm. with Brenna boy. Um, so really intrigued by this. I'm here for it. And I'm intrigued to see this, this pop kind of electro dance pop moment. Um, for Sam. Yeah. So the album, um, is entitled love goes. Um, and like you said, it'll be out at the end of next month. Um, so this particular song, Diamonds, was produced by Osgo, who's worked with Taylor Swift and Troy Sivan. Um, he actually worked with Troy Sivan on a couple of the songs that I really like from Troy Sivan's uh, most know, recent album lo- that just came out. I actually don't. I'm not into that. I'm not. I don't like Twinks. I'm the not music, a twink. though. But you like the music. It's, it's some. It's, it's some of it. Not all of it. Okay, but this on. new album of his is actually really good. Um, and it's also uh, co-produced by Showback, who's worked with fucking everybody. Um, so I actually went into this because of all the other songs that were released. I honestly just didn't know what to expect. I thought, oh, it's the toss up. I don't know. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I don't. Maybe I won't. Um, but just to be clear, yeah, it's been hit or miss. Dancing with a Stranger featuring Normani. How Do You Sleep? Huge smash hits. Mm -hmm. Then we have, um, To Die For, which is a song that he did actually put out. Um, I'm ready featuring Demi Lovato and then to, to um, what you alluded to, My Oasis featuring Burna Boy. They've been more modest streaming hits for him. Um, but to my ear, I think that Diamonds will definitely be in that mega hit category. Mm-hmm. If promoted um, well. If promoted well, that's a good point. Um, because I do think that it's just a really great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am eager to hear um, where Sam is going because I actually really liked the last album. I thought mm-hmm. that it was really well done. Um, and and this song is cute. Like the, the story in the song is Oh, cute. for sure. And we saw them um, on tour. We've actually seen them on tour twice. But this last tour, I, actually, I really enjoyed because... Um, they were doing just doing a lot more with set mm-hmm. d- decoration and design, and you know, obviously the vocals are there, and and it was it was Skinny Sam, so I don't know what Sam oh, we're going to get. Skinny Sam. I don't know what Sam we're getting this time because I think when Sam is skinny, I think it it may actually be an indicator of how healthy he's being in his life. Oh girl. Um, but I digress. So, um, yeah, I love the lyrical content of this. Um, essentially, it seems like he's speaking to a deceitful gold digging ex. 
Um, sample lyric, he says, take all the money you want from me. Come on. Hope you become what you want to be. Show me how little you care, how little you Ooh. care, how little you care. You dream of glitter and gold. My heart's already been sold. Oh my God. Show you how little I care, how little I care, Ooh. how little I care. Ooh, come on. So it's kind of a how little, little, he, how little, little, they care, bitch. little bit of fuck you, you know, go on. And, you know. And they were in a relationship and they broke up. With and their yeah. Person, so I so wonder this if this is, is definitely going like to be a little dark. So, you know, we'll see what happens with this record. Just like we'll see what happens with um, Adele's new record. I think they're both going to be really fucking good. And if so. you were wondering, this is on repeat for me. Hmm. All right, so I think that probably wraps it up. We want to do honorable mention. Oh, please, because child, <laughs> some of these things is just honorable. So honorable, <laughs> honorable mention to. Oh, excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. Rib it, bitch. Rib <laughs> it. <laughs> honorable mention to Justin Bieber's "Holy." I'm not mentioning which is a that. new song featuring Chance the Rapper. Chance is doing all the features these days. And He's apparently, I'm gonna keep these coins. And Justin Bieber's in. doing all the rebirth. Okay, and this John Bailey, one of my personal faves, oh, is involved I know your in this song. When you saw that, he is a co-producer and co-writer on this. So I was like, oh, no wonder why I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have had an epiphany with regard to Justin because. Because I was not wanting to forgive Justin for his past um, racist behavior, but I've been thinking more about it. And I feel like I'm at a point now where I am wanting to to not move past that, but to give him some grace just because of the things that he's done more recently, as far as him being very vocal about supporting Black Lives Matter, which means a lot when you have someone who has the following that he has and the exposure that that gets. Um, it's kind of like when Taylor Swift takes up causes, it's like it does mean something really important because of their True. audience. And it's a largely white audience. Cute. Um, and he's forgiven. You know, he he has apologized for the things that he's done, unlike some other artists who have had transgressions. So I say this to say that that's a song that you should go out and stream. And also honorable mention to Keith Urban and Pink, One Too Many which is a song that I believe they performed on the ACMs. I think yes. that, that award show was I didn't on need this, this past song. week. I think it's cute. It's, I didn't it's, need the song. It's fine. I didn't it, need the song. It was produced by pop producers and not even like country producers. I don't need I the song. That was interesting. And I don't need it. <laughs> All right. Urban needs to go back to recess. <laughs> he needs to go back for a touch up and get mm-hmm. his, his um, highlights and frosted, and refrosted. Some, and some other, he probably gets his highlights frosted in a cap where they pull it through the holes. <laughs> I'm sure Nicole helps he him needs with to, that. He needs to hire my husband. You know what? <laughs> Well, everybody, that is our podcast. That is our episode. And that is our mood. So hopefully you enjoyed yourself. Be sure to find us, follow us, and tell what? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Yes. And we will talk to you next week.